Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Wow, that was good. Thanks. I feel like I my was talking part to me. was better. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, this Yours is... Yours was dramatic. Okay. Mine is perfect. Well, this is awkward and uncomfortable. Mm. This is a... It's kind of like the season. Awkward and uncomfortable. I actually... I think it's a really good thing we didn't have a podcast last week because I'm not sure I ever did worse on fantasy predictions as yeah. I did in week nine. Yeah. That or week eight. Oh, let's hope not week nine. Oh, God. oh Lord. Yeah, now, don't just shut this podcast off right now. <laughs> no, but everything that I thought was going to happen, it was the opposite. Except for Travis Fulgram, he really came through for me. He came through for everybody. He's uh, been but the one specifically for me. Uh, only for you. Yeah. He dedicated that game He's to you. My boy, uh, and I said I would play him over. <laughs> About every wide receiver in the league besides like 10 of them. And that's kind of how it worked out. It did. It, it worked out very well for you. But uh, we're not I gonna... have to brag about my one hit of the week. I know. Today. We're not here to toot our own horns. <laughs> I just said I missed on everything. Let me have this. You do. You need a, a boost in self-confidence. And that is okay. Um, everybody, if you are not familiar with our show, I am Kate. And you can follow uh, me on yes. Twitter. At FF Ball Blast. And I'm Michelle. You can follow me at Ball Blastem, Ball Blast E-M. E-M. And uh, we do give better advice than we would have given last week. Just oh yeah, in general. Sure. I mean, in week seven, we were top 10 in fantasy pros accuracy. We were. That was very... Okay, that, guys, if you haven't like actually checked this out, we were back-to-back in the top 10 rankings for fantasy pro accuracy... And I didn't check your status this week, but mine was bad. So people don't go look at this week for me. Um, yeah, I, I actually haven't checked mine either. But, but week nine's going to be better. That's but all that it was matters. just very weird because we were back to back in the rankings and we had very different rankings. Like, I, I think you were really good at quarterbacks. I was really good at running backs. Yeah, like, wider, yeah it was we ta- our, our rankings were completely opposite in what we, we did well on, but it was... It was so exciting. It was. And now we're going to get back to that in week nine, I have a feeling. So let's jump into it. Let's get into our news and notes. It's just in. Breaking news. Breaking news. Extra, extra. Read all about it. Zach Moss is a starting fantasy running back, eh? It's a Zach Moss Nation. Woo! Ow! Ow! <laughs> <laughs> it only took till week uh, eight. Hey, it's okay. Better late than never. And uh, I think the best part about his 20 fantasy points. In 20 fantasy. I think he was a top 10 fantasy running back. Yeah? You're giving, you're selling him short. He was like top six. Oops. He was top two in standard, but he was top six in a few Top two. Yeah, because he ha- he scored the same amount of points. Top no matter two. if you're in standard PPR or half, because he didn't have any receptions, unfortunately. But the best part about Zach Moss is that he actually looked great. Oh, right? he looked so. Delicious. You had DJ Dallas uh, have two touchdowns, have a really great fantasy week. You had Jermichael Hasty come through with a somewhat okay fantasy week. But the thing is, those two guys look pretty bad, right? They yeah. they didn't look good. On the field, they just had the opportunity. The thing about Zach Moss is he looked fantastic. So hopefully mm-hmm. he starts to get more and more opportunity. He continues to look fantastic. And, yes, we're going to celebrate because it's fun. Yeah. I, I We should pop some This pop might some be bottles. the only time to celebrate, so we're going to take advantage oh, of Oh, no. No, no, no. This is going to be a, a weekly celebration here at the Ball Blast Podcast. <laughs> so if you are a Zach Moss fan, please be sure to, to tune in oh. on a weekly basis to celebrate with us. Anytime he scores more than 15 points, that will be the yeah, rule. Yeah, watch out. Yeah, so like every week yeah, from yeah. here on out. All right, let's get into some actual news. Uh, Josh Jacobs did not practice on Thursday. 
with, I mean, he's been dealing with that knee injury and he's, you know, that's never really been an issue. We're not worried about him missing time there. Apparently an illness came up. I'm not worried about him missing the game, but something we definitely have to keep an eye on. Definitely need to keep an eye on it. Um, it, He's been popping up on the injury report a lot. Um, You sort of wonder, like, A.J. Brown is another guy that's been popping up on the injury report. I just think he's just getting Thursdays off. That's what I'm thinking. Nina, like, catch up. Like, stop being annoyed. Like, stop telling me that he's now questionable. No, he's not. He's just taking Thursdays off. And, I mean, maybe, like, that, that, so that is my thought process. I feel like this is just sort of maybe, um, I'm sure he probably does have an illness, but sort of similar to the way that I'm looking at A.J. Brown's, you know, mispractices, I, I think they're just giving him rest because they know that he is going to receive a monster workload. Yeah, and that's what we hope, right? So we'll keep you updated on Twitter, on our website. If Jacobs, you know, is to miss more time and practice, we will have Matthew Betts, our injury expert, give his thoughts and opinions and on, on what to do if you have to pivot or not. But for right now, we're not too worried. Mark Ingram and T.Y. Hilton did not practice on Thursday. Who cares? Uh, that's what I was <laughs> Next. Like. You, you kind of want them to be out for other fantasy assets. That would shop. be super helpful. For it would help Dobbins. all of you make decisions this week. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I think you need to uh, not not care about yeah. these reports because at all. Because if they do play, you're not playing them. But, hey, if, if T.Y. Hilton is out, does that give my guy Trey Burton a slight boost? Yeah, for yeah. sure. 100%. Yeah. Calvin Ridley did not practice on Thursday still. He's out. I'm calling it. You know what? When we were watching the game two weeks ago, because they had a bye this past week, right? Or was it a Thursday night game? It was a Thursday night game. Okay, so it felt like a bye, but it was Thursday night Maybe game. Bye. Yeah. Uh, that injury looked bad. He did not look comfortable. He was ruled out. I mean, just relatively like, quickly. He looked very, very hurt. So I would be absolutely shocked if he's already able to play on Sunday. No. And sometimes... Players being out is better than them playing and you starting them and them just being like a Duds. decoy and just trying to make it out there. If I I have Calvin Ridley in a couple leagues, like I would rather him just sit out this week. I don't want him to rush it back. I don't want to play him and just get stuck with him being a decoy. He tries to play a couple snaps and it's not working out for him, so he sits out the rest of the game. Like Just sit out, get healthy, then come back when you're ready to go. Well, and if you guys missed out on uh, our podcast with Matthew Betts this past Tuesday, uh, we did talk a bit about Calvin Ridley, and Betts did tell us that it is a Liz Frank injury. So it is not a, like the the type that necessarily needs surgical correction, but that is that is like the location of Oof. the injury is my understanding. So there, he said, you know, there's different degrees of that injury, obviously not every player needs like a Cam Newton level surgery. Not every player loses the season. It depends on the severity, but that's like that that is what the the injury is. So you have to be prepared for the chance that maybe we're gonna miss him. And the thing with Calvin Ridley is why he's so successful is because he's creates a lot of separation. He's a really good route runner. If he's not able to get out of his routes is easily yeah it's all in i mean route running is all in the foot i would rather him take a couple weeks off and have him back for the fantasy playoffs than him try to rush it back and re-injure it and make it longer and then me to lose a game because i played him and because he just tried to come back too fast so another another thing to consider um just in general is the fact that the falcons aren't contending for anything so like they have no reason to rush him back either i just something to think about True. Uh, Jonathan Taylor was a full <laughs> participant, but it came out that he might have an ankle issue that he's dealing uh, with. The exact quote was, he has a little bit of an ankle injury. What is oh, a no. lit? I asked, I asked our injury expert, what is a little bit of an ankle injury per se? Uh, and I think that- it means that your rookie looks really, really bad and you have to come up with an excuse. Yeah. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about what to do with Jonathan Taylor in our first segment here. So let's move on in our news and notes. Uh, Miles Gaskin is on IR. Miles Gaskin. Very sad. He's been a pretty decent play if you needed a running back lately. He's now uh, done for a few weeks, at least with a knee injury. Matt Barreto was expected to kind of get a larger role, but now he is not practicing due to a hamstring injury. 
So then we are stuck with Jordan Howard, which you would think would be the guy, but how they've used him so far doesn't really make you feel and warm And by how they used fuzzy. him, do you mean how they have not activated him? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then when he is activated, he's only used around the goal line. But they traded for DeAndre Washington this week from Kansas City. He was okay uh, in in Oakland. Can catch balls. That. That's fine. Um, Lynn Bowden Jr. is a rookie that they traded for before the season. He was They're obsessed with third the round Raiders pick. leftovers, huh? Yeah, he was a third round pick by the Raiders, and they traded him before... He could even play it down. That is not NFL. like is that a, that is not a good sign. It's I not. can't. Whatever. If I'm going to take a shot on a guy in the Dolphins' backfield, it is Jordan Howard. We've seen him be a good running back. I don't think he fits the system, uh, but you know, if <laughs> he's the best one out of this group, so I would take a shot on him. If, I don't want to take a shot on anyone. No, but like especially if, with Tua now there, we saw them dominate the Rams. So it looks like maybe Tua was great for the Dolphins offense. I mean, mm-mm. he completed 50% of his passes. He had under 100 uh, passing yards. He had one touchdown. It, it wasn't... It, it was wasn't not pretty. a pretty game. No. That was a sloppy defensive game. Um, I mean, the Miami defense, that they are the reason that that team came out with a win. It had nothing to do with Tua. I'm super excited for him. Had his first... Career passing touchdown to Devontae Parker. Great for Devontae Parker because that was the only time he caught a ball, I yeah, believe. One reception for three yards. Yeah. Um, the leading receiver on the Dolphins had 16 receiving yards. And that was Miles Gaskin, who's now out. That's so Miami. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah. Michael Thomas was limited on Thursday with his hamstring injury still. He's been limited for quite some time now. I feel like he's expected to play, and I think he'll play. I think he'll play. Um, and also worth noting, Emmanuel Sanders has been activated from the COVID IR. He will be active. Traquan Smith, he will be active. Marquez Callaway, goodbye. It was so great to know you for <laughs> that 30 or 40 seconds. Um, yeah. I, I think the We're whole We're finally gang, going to see this offense in full. And, you know, what's great for them is – they haven't really been too slowed down. I mean, some games have looked a little rough, more rough than others, but they made it through without Michael Thomas, without Emmanuel Sanders, and now they have a huge matchup against the Bucks. They Let's can be clear, though. Control this division pretty. if they can win because they would sweep the Bucks. That would be really good. That would be very good, but it hasn't been pretty. Drew no, Brees has no. not looked pretty. And Drew Brees has to go on the road, and at least it's in Florida and nice weather possibly if it's not raining, but he is not good out of the dome, and it doesn't really seem to matter what weather he's in. He needs to be in his dome, and then something happens when he's out. And I'm talking about Drew Brees here, but I haven't made that clear. I still think Brees can put it together, and I think that offense can put it together in Tampa Bay. Can I give you a hot take? What? Drew Brees has not looked good inside of his dome. No, but you know when he's good? When like, Alvin Kamara pulls his whole load. That's what I was going to say. When he, when he dumps it off to Alvin Kamara for negative one yards and Kamara takes it to the house. That makes him look amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, uh, to finish up here, Sony Michelle, quad injury. He's returned to practice on Thursday. Uh, he is activated from IR. It does not mean he, he will been, play this week. He has been activated to practice. So he's been designated for return. Okay. Yep. So he has to be activated within the next 21 days. It does not mean that he will necessarily be active for this week. So you do need to keep an eye on that. We just had the Damian Harris breakout game. Oh, yeah. Damian Harris looks great. And I would be happy to play him again this week. The thing is, if Sony Michelle plays, that ruins his entire value. And you if- cannot start him. <laughs> but the other issue is it's a Monday night game. Yep. So we're not going to know. And that's so- terrible. If they activate Sony Michelle, and they, I believe, have until the day before the game, so they could activate him on Sunday, which, like, all of your other players would have played. Yeah. Uh, Damian Harris is a huge risk. If they activate Sony Michelle, they will have Sony Michelle, Rex Burkhead, James White, Damian Harris. It never ends. But, I mean, I guess And they'll that- feed them all, and it's annoying. And Sony Michelle and Damian Harris are... 
pretty similar in their running styles where they're not used in the passing game. They're good on the ground. I think Damian Harris is a better running back than Sony Michelle. He looks amazing. But Sony Michelle's going to get the work, so it, it stinks. Anyways, follow us on Twitter for more updates on that. Let's hope we just know that Sony Michelle is not playing um, by Sunday morning. Matthew Stafford was put on the reserve COVID-19 list. Now, it doesn't mean he's not going to play this week, but he needs uh, pot or negative tests every day until then. He needs positive results on his negative tests. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, we're just going to have to be patient with that. And I don't even know so much that I want to play Matthew Stafford because he's not going to have Kenny Galladay again. It was not pretty without Kenny Galladay before. And... You know, I, I, I'm just not excited to play Matthew Stafford. The issue is if you can play Marvin Jones and if you can play TJ Hawkinson without Matthew Stafford, I think you can still throw them into your lineup if necessary, especially TJ Hawkinson. He's been a pretty solid tight end, but it just gets riskier without Matthew Stafford. It does. Um, but Who would it be? Chase Daniels? So oh, good Lord. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then the last note, this was a lot of them today. Uh, Daryl Henderson, thigh quad, expected to be fine uh, in week 10 for Seattle. Now the Rams have a bye this week, so it doesn't matter, but it's good to know that when they come back uh, from their bye. Cam Darryl, Akers will be doing nothing. I know. It, Cam Akers finally got a little bit of play um, when Daryl Henderson went out, but not too much. It was still the Malcolm Brown show at that point. They hate Cam Akers. He's raw. 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 All right. Let's move into our segment. Talking about Cam Akers, talking about these rookie running backs. Uh, before we get into our favorite plays and least favorite plays of the week, I want to talk about a couple of these rookies really yeah. quick. So first off, it's Jonathan Taylor, right? I, I don't know if we're being too overdramatic about what we saw in week eight. Because, yes, in week eight, he had 11 carries, mm-hmm. 22 yards, yep. averaging 2.0 yards per carry. Whoopsie. I'm, and it didn't look pretty. And we saw Jordan Wilkins out there. He looked much Baller. better. He was so much better. Naeem Hines was, you know, scoring touchdowns through the air. Everybody was succeeding against this Detroit Lions defense except for Jonathan Taylor. Then they come out and say he's dealing with an ankle injury. Maybe, okay? But there are videos on Twitter right now showing Jonathan Taylor having very bad vision. Hmm. And that's scary. Jonathan Taylor is someone that we loved coming into the NFL. Yeah. We think he's going to be great. But maybe he's not, not yet. But, like, We really... thought he was very NFL-ready, right? Like, we saw his talent. We thought he was NFL-ready. Maybe that's why he fell to the second round. I mean, if he was as good as we thought and as as NFL-ready, then he Did probably... Did he fall to the second round? I thought yeah, he was... Yeah, he was in the second round. Uh, was yes. he? Oh. Wow. What are you so confused about? Only Clyde Edwards ah, was that's taken right. in that's the first. Right. Sorry. DeAndre Swift was taken before him, and then it was John- Jonathan Taylor. Now... This isn't even saying anything about him compared to the rest of the class because honestly, everyone's kind of disappointing. Except for one guy that I know. Oh, Lord. Finally, this week, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> but Jonathan Taylor, but this is what I was going to talk about. Are we being overdramatic? Because the two mm. weeks before that, 15.5 points, 15.5 points. <sighs> it's all been volume based. That is my problem, is that. It's been based on volume. And how long can you continue to feed the beast? Like, if you are... But it's not even based on volume because those it's, two it's weeks... It's based on had, volume. It is based on the fact that he happened to fall into the end zone. Maybe. But the two weeks before that, when he scored 15 and 15 points, he had 12 carries each time. So that's not a lot of workload. He was actually just super efficient on those carries. 4.8 yards, 5 yards. The weeks before that, 4 yards, 4.5. Like... He's been okay until this last week, and then it just was terrible. So maybe it is an ankle injury. I'm not giving up on him yet, but I don't want to start him anymore. I don't want to. I don't think he's a must start by any stretch of the imagination. He gets Baltimore this week. Like I yeah, don't no. want to start him. Nope, nope, nope. Um, give me a player that you would play over him this week. A, the Zach Moss. Like we were just talking about him. I would play him over. Like I'm not going to give the obvious ones. Like. Yeah, you're playing all the elite players. And that what about does. DJ Dallas? 
against the Buffalo Bills, who yeah. give up plenty on the ground. It all if, depends on Chris Carson. If Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde are out, or even, I I think, even if just Chris Carson was out, no? Yeah, yeah. I would just need Chris Carson to be out. I mean, Carlos Hyde would steal a lot of work, uh, but I still, I mean, Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Hines are stealing a lot of work, and we have the ankle injury. So, yes, I would start um, DJ Dallas over uh, Taylor as long as Chris Carson's out. So if Chris Carson plays, Chris Carson's going to take all of the touches. Conversely, mm-hmm. um, let's let's sort of look at this maybe in the opposite light. So, I mean, Jonathan Taylor has been very disappointing. Has he – we've seen this before where players have maybe had a little nagging injury, haven't been playing like their, their normal selves, and then – Guess what? We find out they're injured, and we're like, oh. Yeah, and we just have to hope, like, maybe he can sit out this week since we don't want to play him anyways. We know he's going to split the backfield. We know it's against the Baltimore Ravens defense. I wish he would sit out this week. He's practicing in full. He's going to play. That's the irritating part. His end-of-the-season schedule is not bad, so I'm not giving up on him. I'm going to let him sit on my bench until he can prove me something else. But like I said, I think we're being overdramatic because 15 points and 15 points the last two weeks – we're fine with that. Like, you shouldn't expect too much more than that from a rookie. I think it's just disappointing from where you evaluated him at. Oh, for was. sure. Because if you knew Marlon Mack was going to be out the year two, he would have went in the first round. Oh, we're he would lucky. have been a top ten pick. Yeah, we're lucky that Marlon Mack played, right, for one game because it kept him into the fourth round, and he was still kind of a bad fourth round pick. But he gets after the Ravens, right? Like, I don't want to play him this week. He gets the Titans. You can beat them on the ground. They're not the easiest defense, but it's okay. You get the Packers. They're one of the worst rush defenses in the league. You get the Titans again. You get the Texans, one of the worst rush defenses in the league. You get the Raiders, and then the Texans again. Like, both terrible defenses. It does really stink his Super Bowl week. If you ride Taylor to the Super Bowl, let's say he, like, starts performing well and you're riding him to your championship, he gets the Steelers. Yeah. Sorry. About that one. But if you can ride him to that, yeah. that so, Super Bowl. So I'm not selling Jonathan Taylor on the cheap at this moment, but I am fine putting him on my bench. My question actually lies in Dynasty League. So this is something for those of you who have not heard. Um, I host the Locked on Dynasty podcast with Marcus Mosier. Um, we we talk uh, Dynasty every week. Uh, we share this podcast with Ryan McDowell and Matt Williamson, some grand old legends um and today part of our podcast was talking about like okay so you are a contender in dynasty what do you do with jonathan taylor do you sell him do you trade him no, you're or, selling him at the cheapest possible better. but if you if you are in line for a championship no 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 really that just sounds terrible dynasty advice you don't because Jonathan Taylor can win you a championship just like any other guy that you're going to trade for, unless you can get some great running back, then sure. But no one's trading you a great running back for Jonathan Taylor. So all you're doing is selling low. It doesn't, I, I'm not to saying like get a wide receiver, who cares? And not, no, I'm saying like, what if you could trade your share of Jonathan Taylor for uh, Josh Jacobs? Yeah, sure. I mean, no one's going to do that. Why would you be like, the guy who's getting 120 yards a game for your Jonathan Taylor who sucks? Like, you would have to add something in. That's just being completely naive. You would have to add something in, but I do think that Josh Jacobs has more value now. Yeah. uh, And obviously, Jonathan Taylor will have more value later. And that's what you're hoping. Josh Jacobs is a great running back. If someone sent me Jonathan Taylor for Josh Jacobs, I would straight up. You need to add an. Okay. Anyways, if you can get a great conversation went way better with Marcus. If you can get a great running back for Jonathan Taylor, then yes, do it. But if you cannot, then hold on. I mean, like, yeah, if you can get a great running back for him, I'm saying, would you take a slight? I wouldn't take a slight uh, decrease in talent. Would you take a slight decrease in talent if it meant maybe they had more punch now to win you your championship? Not if it's a different position, because running backs are no, just... No, I'm, I'm saying running back, girl. James Robinson, <laughs> plus a million. No. Moving on. Uh, what to do with the Chiefs' backfield? This is a bigger issue, I think. Mm. Clyde Edwards-Alaire 
Uh, Elair. Elair had a great game two weeks ago. Or no, three weeks ago against the Bills, who decided not to play run defense that game. But since week one, these are his rushing totals. 38, 64, 64, 40. Whoops. Then you had a 161 game against the Bills. That was a good one. That was a good one. 46-21. That 46-21 is after Bell signed. He's been playing 53 and 50% of the snaps. That was uh, in the high 60s, in the low 70s before Bell got there. <laughs> Bell's not doing good either for fantasy, right? I mean, they're both getting like eight to 10 touches per game. Yeah. It hasn't been pretty for either one together. Now, both games that they've been in together have been absolute blowouts, but I also find that funny, right? To be like, oh, well, they're blowouts, so that's why they're not doing much. Well, normally running backs No, succeed, they should eat. Yeah, succeed in blowouts. So that's also an issue. Yeah. Do you continue to play either one I mean, I think... Is Bell playable? Let's start with him. Because I think Le'Veon Bell, or I think uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is the harder choice. No, I I don't think he is playable. He's had six six carries in each of his two games with the Chiefs. I mean, in his first game with the Chiefs, had zero targets. No, thank you. Finally, last week, he got involved against the Jets. It was supposed to be his revenge game. He had six carries, seven yards... That Three receptions so for 31 yards. I'm sorry. I I expected a lot of him last week. And guess what? He's so you talk about the the snap counts for Clyde Edwards Elaire. Look at the snap counts for Le'Veon Bell. He's played 17 offensive snaps in each of the last two games. That accounted for 33% of snaps in uh week seven, 26% of the snaps. In week eight, no, thank you. No. <laughs> no, it's it's been really bad. And this year, I know he dealt with an injury. He has Don't care. 31 carries on the year for 120 yards, averaging less than four yards per carry. He, I, I think that's... To thing, be fair, Michelle, he has averaged uh, less than four yards per carry since 2017. That's so. what I was going to say. People hold on to this... Pittsburgh Le'Veon Bell type, and in 2017, Mm-mm. I mean, we said this before they try to resign him. He just got massive volume. Like he wasn't that good. Yeah. He just touched the ball 400 times, and it's a big reason why the Steelers didn't make the playoffs that year because we fed Le'Veon Bell so much and he sucked. I mean, that's just it. Yes, you have to be talented to touch the ball 400 times. I'm not saying you don't, but he was highly, highly inefficient with those touches. He was one of the worst in the league. And then he's just proving that in other teams. He was great for Pittsburgh when they had the best line in the world, basically. And let, let's talk about the fact that, uh, so when you look at yards per touch, uh, like the goal is obviously to have as many yards per touch as possible, but Le'Veon Bell, his bread and butter is as a receiver. So you would think that the the bulk of his touches should uh, exceed that maybe four yards per carry that he has been averaging. Mm -hmm. He still really hasn't done much in that yards per touch category. He's had uh, 4.84. He's at 5.1 right now. But for a receiving back, I expect that to be a little higher. Oh, no, that's the thing about him in 2017 was – you know, as many receptions as he had. He had 406 touches. He was averaging 4.8 yards per touch. And when you're a receiving back, that's, that's, that's bad. really, 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 really bad. Anyways, we will stop hating on Le'Veon Bell. I don't know when you can trust to play him. I did tell a lot of people to play him last week. That was a mistake, and I'm done with that. Clyde, what, what do we do with Clyde, though? Like, what do we do with CAH? He's been destroyed by Le'Veon Bell as well because they're both getting on the field. He already isn't a touchdown scorer. He wasn't very good in most games for fantasy besides that Bills game in week one. Are you still playing him? Yeah, I I don't think you can. I don't think you can consider him a must-start in any way, shape, or form, but I think he is a, a viable flex play 
And like, here's the thing is that right now you're, your floor for a flex play is so low. C E H. So or I think, Moss. but C E H or Moss. Moss, because I do. Being biased. I don't think so. I actually uh, genuinely project Moss to touch the ball more, and I think that those carries that he has will be just more valuable in general. All right. Because it, like he, I, we saw it last week. We've seen it before. When they get close to the goal line, he does end up being that back that they they lean on so yeah we need to see more uh targets and receptions for moss but it's not like ch is getting many of those either Mm -mm. uh you know ch has two good matchups he has the panthers this week that should be good for the chiefs running backs but it makes me so nervous because we don't know who's going to get the touches the next week they get the raiders that's the same thing but then after that they get the bucks that's gross they get the Denver Broncos, not great. The Miami Dolphins are sneaky good uh, on defense. And then they get the Saints, who are really hard to run against. Uh, Like, that's a hard four games after these next two weeks. If Clyde can put together a game against the Panthers or against the Raiders, I am looking to uh, trade him away. Yeah. I I mean, I I think the hard part is that you – like, what are you trading him away for? I mean, it depends on how big his game is. I traded him away right after Le'Veon Bell got traded to the Chiefs, so they knew Le'Veon Bell was coming. In Dynasty, I gave up Clyde for A.J. Brown, straight up. Now, people hated on me for that trade in uh, on Twitter. I'm very happy about that trade. Okay. A.J. Brown, I think, is a top-five Dynasty wide receiver. I could not say even close to the same thing for Clyde Edwards-Alaire as a top-five running back. No, and I think that was that was a part. Uh, that was the goal, but I don't think he's shown that's the type of player he is so far. Such a young career. No matter what we're saying about all these rookies, it is so early in their career. Anything can change. It's just talking about what we've seen right now. Yeah, and we've we love Jonathan Taylor. We love Clyde Edwards-Helaire. It's not trying to hate on them. It's just trying to figure out what to do with them right now in the middle of a fantasy season. Yeah. Uh, and then the last question before we get into our favorite plays and favorite stinkers of the week. Are you still starting Devin Singletary? Like, we can say whatever we want about Zach Moss. He's still very risky, right? He's going to need to score a touchdown to provide good value for your fantasy team because he doesn't get enough snaps. He doesn't get enough touches to feel confident in starting him every week. But I will start Moss because I think he's he's good enough to play in fantasy. Devin Singletary, though, on the other hand... Listen to this, right? When Moss is on the field, we already know Devin Singletary does not score very many fantasy points. We saw that in the beginning of the year. Then Moss got hurt. He had a couple good games without Moss. Um, they were just okay games, not anything insane. They didn't win you a week. No, right? Like 15 points, I think, was his max. Also, who knew we had this many trains in our neighborhood? Oh, yeah, there's a lot of trains if you're here. I don't yeah, even know I, where the tra- <laughs> I don't know where the track is, dude. Um, I do know where the track is, but I didn't realize... I, I don't feel like we've ever heard a train. Well, we're talking about Moss, so choo-choo, baby. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, talking about Devin Singletary, since Moss has been back from injury, even in week six, so I'm including week six when Moss barely played. or He played, but he barely got touches. Week six through eight, Devin Singletary is scoring 6.8 fantasy points per game and half Oof. PPR. 6.8. That is rough. J.D. McKissick, Wayne Gallman, Benny Snell, Jermichael P. Ryan, and Jermichael Hastie are all averaging more fantasy points per game during that time span. Troy Main Pope, if I'm saying that name, Troy Main Pope and Frank Gore are averaging 0.5 and <laughs> 0.8 fewer fantasy points per game in that three-week time span than Devin Singletary. And let's be clear, Troy Main Pope didn't really touch the ball until last week. So yeah, and that's not even. And you're looking at a three week average. Yeah, yeah I'm so, looking at a three like, week average. That's pretty bad. And I'm not even going back to week one and week two when Devin Singletary was also awful for fantasy uh, value with Moss. I don't think Singletary startable. I think at this point you're starting him just because of his name, just because of what he possibly could do if he got 20 touches in that backfield. He's not getting them. He's not getting them. And even when, 
I mean, even when, when they, he gets them, they won't give him the ball near the goal line. Zach Moss can go so out. That, They're going to find a different running back to give it to that. The goal line, we saw that when Moss was out. They gave it to TJ Yeldon. They ran in with uh, Josh Allen. That, they do that not trust Devin Singletary. So, like, everybody was worried when we were high on Zach Moss. They were worried that Josh Allen would come in and steal these touchdowns. We really needed to worry about that with with Josh Allen, right? Like, Josh Allen is going to take all those touchdowns from Devin Singletary. It, Zach Moss is perfectly capable capable around the goal line. Had two touchdowns last week. And he could have easily had three. Could have I mean, had three. He had three, a great 10-yard play. He got taken down at the three-yard line. They gave him one more chance. He got stuffed, which happens to every running back. And then they threw it. Which Josh Allen threw it for a touchdown. Like, But they're giving Zach Moss a shot. Devin Singletary's not getting that. You can't play him. They like, want to, like, they literally, if you they see him walking towards their goal line, and they said they say, Devin, <laughs> Devin. If you want to play Singletary, or if you want to keep Singletary on your roster, you literally can't start him, I don't think. But if you want to keep him on your roster, it is a straight-up insurance play if Zach Moss gets hurt. And then even then, you have a player that will score... 10 to 12 points in PPR leagues. Like, yeah, that's but, your ceiling. And you know what? That's sometimes all you need. But you're you you're keeping him for insurance in case Moss gets hurt, which he has done often in college. So I don't think it's the worst insurance policy of all time. No, and I do think that, uh, like, another way to maybe look at this and approach this is if he happens. Like, the way that Devin Singletary is going to score you fantasy points is on a broken play. Like, that is what he yep. can do. He's explosive He needs enough. to break a 30-yard play to yes. score a touchdown because that's the only place he's going to get touches. And if he does, that is the week that you sell him. And I know we're going into your your fantasy football trade deadlines. If he breaks off one of those plays in the next couple of if weeks. If I'm in redraft, I will give him away for pretty much anything. If I can go get Travis Fulgham right now, if someone is in need for a running back, they see they play Seattle, it should be a high-scoring game. I'm going to sell Devin Singletary. Travis Fulgram is on buy. I'm going to trade for him. Keep Fulgram for the rest of the year. Be happy with a top 10, top 12, top 15 fantasy wide receiver and get rid of Singletary, who I feel like I should play, even though he's never going to score me fantasy points. Yeah. All right. That was a really long rant. Let's move into our favorite plays of the week, and then we'll do our favorite stinkers, but we'll be positive Our first. favorite stinkers. Our favorite stinkers. That's, I still, it's like, still really that's nice, right? keeping it positive. Right. Yeah. I want to talk about my favorite play of the week. And you can call not me your favorite a biased Steelers fan. That's fine. He has not been in our favorite plays of the week yet this year. We're going into week nine. So I'm okay with doing it. It's James Conner for the Steelers. And you know what? He should have been our favorite plays of the week before because this dude has been nothing but fantastic for fantasy last week he had a rough week for sure against baltimore i mean his numbers weren't very good it was against the ravens defense yet he still put up 15 ppr points like i think that's his floor now he has been that's no don't don't say now it's not his floor now always that is his floor when he's healthy yes yes and he's been healthy this year not yeah, get over Two, it guys three. knocking on wood there that was Boom. a weird three. Hopefully you didn't just jinx it with that. What do you mean? Anyways. I, I You do, can only do three knocks? <laughs> James Conner gets the Dallas Cowboys this week. And the Cowboys are giving up a lot of fantasy points to a the lot. running back position this year. They're giving a lot of fantasy points up, period. They're giving up the most uh, rushing arts in the league. That's fantastic, and I, I believe they're tied for fourth or third for most rushing touchdowns. We saw Kenyon Drake struggle all year long to get going, and then he put up 164 yards and two <laughs> touchdowns on the ground. Worth noting that one of them was a breakaway at the last second of the game, but yes, your point still stands. Antonio Gibson, uh, I mean, if you look at what he's done all year, I think 60 yards was the most he had on the season. Uh, in, a, in a single game, he put up 128 yards and a touchdown on the ground against Dallas. We saw last week, maybe Boston Scott wasn't as good as we wanted him to be, but 70 yards. Uh, Corey Clement put up another 24 yards. The, uh, James Conner, if he gets the workload, which I think he will, 
because Pittsburgh should go up early. He's going to have a great fantasy day. Of course, it's all going to, going to come down to touchdowns, especially if they don't need to use him in the passing game a lot. But I think James Conner could easily be a top five running back on the week. And if we're going to talk about a different Steelers running back, Benny Snell could be a possible option if you're absolutely, absolutely desperate. Well, I mean, so let's liken Benny Snell in week nine to uh, the way that like Gus Edwards has been fantasy relevant, not just this season. Like, let's forget this season. If you look back to last season, he was actually pretty productive, and it happened to deal with the fact that, I, I mean, he just literally closed out games. And Benny a, Snell could do that this week. Yeah, so Gus Edwards was good last year because the Ravens would be up by so much and put Gus Edwards in. And I do think that's what we could see from this week is that the Steelers are up by so much. The last time that the Steelers went up by a bunch was a few weeks ago against the Browns. And James Conner set out nearly the entire fourth quarter. He played two snaps And then after that, they put in Benny Snell for the rest of the time. And then even Benny Snell scored, and they put in Anthony McFarlane. So it went three deep by the time the game was over. I I do think we could see that here. Uh, When Cleveland played Dallas uh, earlier in the year, I think it was week four, and they beat up on Dallas, D. Ernest Johnson came into the game, had 13 carries, 95 yards. I think we can maybe see something like that with Benny Snell. Now, it's a complete risk. Oh, it's a dark. I would rather play Benny Snell than Devin Singletary. Whoa! This week, okay. That's bold. It's bold. It's risky. Wow. Um, Yes, I already said Benny Snell is outscoring Devin Singletary in week six through eight. (laughs) So he's already outscoring him, and we actually think he might get touches. He's not getting any touches, and he's outscoring Devin Singletary. Yeah, that's pretty. Imagine if he gets actual touches. What he could do to outscore Devin Singletary? That would be absolutely wild. Um, I'm going to move on to our next fire play of the week. I'm going with Rob Gronkowski. Uh, This is a risky pick, I also feel like, because of the fact that this will be the first week that we see Antonio Brown in the Bucs offense. I do think he's going to have a ton of targets. You think he's going to have a ton of targets? I think he's going to have a pretty darn good amount. I think he's definitely startable. It's not someone we're bringing up today, but I do think you can start Antonio Brown. It's a complete risk because... He could play 10% of snaps. He could play 60% of snaps. We have no idea. We did see him come into the Patriots offense last year with no reps with Tom Brady. Come in and get eight targets, and he only played 30% Did you hear their roommates? They are roommates and best friends now. So I feel like that connection has only gotten stronger. I'm sorry. Tom Brady has not been rallying to get Antonio Brown to Tampa to let him sit on the bench and drink Gatorade. I keep saying this. It's not, that is not why he has been harassed. I'm sorry, this was not Bruce Arians' idea. Yeah, he I did think not Antonio want Brown's going to be here. good there. I think Antonio Brown actually is going to be fantasy relevant here. In redraft leagues, I think he is a fine play. I don't think this hurts Rob Gronkowski, though, at oh, all. Oh, it doesn't. But I think it hurts Evans even more. It's just a, an extra sort of wrench thrown into things. But if you need any push, Rob Gronkowski has been one of the most, like, just steady tight ends in the leagues, like, since week three, honestly. He's had one performance with fewer than 40 receiving yards, which doesn't sound great, but when you look at the current tight end landscape, that kind of stability is so underrated. He is currently... But I also think it's more important to look at after O.J. Howard got hurt, and that's when he's been really performing. So let's go to that. I know you're pulling up the stats for week three, but uh, he got hurt in week four. So let's do five through eight to see, like, what he's projected uh, for the season without O.J. Howard. And I feel like it's even better. (laughs) I mean, that's, like, even way better. Uh, In that four-game sample size, he is on pace for a 104 targets on a 16-game basis, uh, six or 68 receptions, 932 receiving yards, and 12 touchdowns. Yeah, he's he has had a receiving touchdown in each of the last three games. Tom Brady's looking his way always. He looks he looks more adapted to the game right now, and I I think that you're seeing that and just the way that Tom Brady's using him. 
Yeah, and he has a great matchup against the Saints. They're giving up the fourth most points to the tight end position, and that's including playing Ian Thomas and Jimmy Graham the last two weeks, which obviously they did nothing because they never do anything. But they're giving up a ton of touchdowns to the tight end position, which is what we know Gronk excels in. I think Gronk is is going to have a great week this week. Yeah, I, I absolutely do too. And he's just one of the safest options that you can find at this point. All right, next up, our favorite play, James Robinson Ugh. versus Houston. Ugh. So James Robinson had, like, that one down week, and I think we all got nervous. Like Everybody Uh-oh. lost. Everybody was like, ah, the, sh- the, sh- the shoe dropped. The, what were you going to say? <laughs> I was trying to say the shoe dropped. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but, no, he came right back. I mean, yeah, he had that 10-point game against Houston, who we're getting excited about, but I'm going to throw that away. And then 15 points and 31 points. I think that game against Houston, he got hurt early on, didn't he? And I think he tried to come back, and it was troublesome. But he's okay now. He's good. And Houston. He did only play uh, 57% of offensive snaps. Yeah, I believe he won the game early that week because he was injured. And then he tried to come back, and it just wasn't pretty. So I'm giving him a pass for that week uh, against Houston. He gets to play them again. They're giving up the third most fantasy points to the running back position. We will have to say see how Juke Lutton plays. Juke Lutton. Juke Lutton. Is it Jake Lutton? <laughs> <laughs> how cool of a name would Juke be? Oh, my. Well. Yeah. I, I think we just found our future child's name. James Robinson, he is having one of the most underrated seasons ever, I feel like, uh, in terms of running back production. He's on pace for 1,600 scrimmage yards. Wow. 1,600 and 14 touchdowns. He looks good. He looks really he good. He looks like and the real deal. being used in as a receiver, which is huge for fantasy, and I think he's going to continue to be used that way. Obviously, anything can change without Minchu. Maybe Lutton doesn't check down as much. But if that's the game plan, they're going to follow the game plan. Yeah. All right. So we love James Robinson. What about this game? Because can you tell me someone you don't love in this game? The Seahawks versus the Bills. I looked at the Buffalo weather. It's supposed to be like high 50s, sunny. Beautiful. Maybe even low 60s. It was a really nice day on Sunday. Yeah, last week everybody was a bit nervous about the weather in and Buffalo. Rightfully so. Yeah. It ended up being kind of gross, and it was a, a run game. So that can make us nervous about the run game if they're going to pass all the time, except you can run it up on the Bills. So whoever is starting for the Seahawks as a running back, whether that be Chris Carson or Carlos Hyde or DJ Dallas, I think they're good plays. Now, obviously, you want it to be Chris Carson. He's the most talented one in the backfield. If he gets those carries against that Bills defense, he's going to have a phenomenal day. Russell Wilson is a clear starter, but he should run it up as well. Let's go to the Bills' side of the ball. Oh, what about obviously, I, DK Metcalf. <laughs> DK Metcalf is top three for me this week, and probably just for the rest of my life, he's just going to stay <laughs> top three wide receiver this week. So let me ask you a question. Theoretically, I have a friend mm-hmm. who has both Josh Allen and Russell Wilson. You don't say Russell Wilson. We've seen now many weeks that Josh Allen has disappointed in fantasy. Russell Wilson does not disappoint in fantasy in 2020. Yes, ma'am. You play Russell Wilson. But you can trade me, Josh Allen, if you want, if we're in that league together. I'll let my friend know that you're open to offers. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Tyler Lockett, you're playing. Bill's side of the ball. Josh Allen, you're playing, unless you have Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson. Yes. Uh, and I, I think Stephon Diggs is one of the best plays this week. He should have a monster week against the Seahawks. Secondary that's giving up just a ton of yards, the most in the NFL, uh, per game. I think you could start Cole Beasley. I, I abs- You've been able to start Cole Beasley. He has been one of the most underrated. Yeah, if you PPR. go back and look at the numbers, it's not that great. Because I, I wrote, he's my sleeper of the week at the wide receiver position. And when I went to go look at the numbers, I was like, okay, this isn't as good as I remember. But I'm still keeping him as my sleeper of the week at the wide receiver position because I'm I'm sorry. He is one of the most reliable floor plays. Yeah. And this week it's against a a easy secondary and Josh Allen is going to have to pass a lot to keep up with Russell Wilson. 
And John Brown, if he plays, I think he's also a good sleeper play. The bigger issue here now is the running backs. We already discussed we're not starting Devin Singletary no matter what. Do you start Zach Moss? Because Josh Allen will likely have to throw a lot. We already saw they're splitting time, Singletary and Moss. He's going to have to get into the end zone to be successful. Do you play him? What are the, like, what's the threshold? Give me some start sits. DJ Dallas on the opposite side, if Chris Carson's out, but Carlos Hyde's there, or Zach Moss. Zach Moss. Um, man, it, I mean, I can't just think off the top of my head here. Ronald Jones or Zach Moss? Zach Moss. I, Leonard I, Fournette or Zach Moss? Ooh, um, I'll go with Zach Moss. I, I, I like Leonard Fournette. I've been encouraged by his usage, but I can't bank on Ronald Jones fumbling every single week and getting benched. I, I think that Bruce Arians is a, a giant question mark. The thing that's kept Leonard Fournette afloat in PPR leagues is the fact that he's catching balls. Uh, enter Antonio Brown. And I think one thing we, I want to get back to about DJ Dallas on the opposite side of the ball, we did just see Jermichael Hasty because we talked about DJ Dallas and Jermichael Hasty. They didn't look good, right? But they scored fantasy points because they got into the end zone. So we just saw Jermichael Hasty completely fall apart last night uh, against the Packers. And that's might be what you see from DJ Dallas. I mean, the Packers are an easy run defense as well. It's just Hasty might not just be, be talented right. enough. Yeah. yeah. And that could be what we see from DJ Dallas as well. So just be careful there, but it is a nice matchup. Uh, what about the Patriots versus the Jets game? Uh, this is... This is where it gets very tricky. So this is a Monday night game. Uh, you are looking at two Garbaggio offenses. <laughs> but you're also looking at two defenses that are not... Garbaggio. Yeah, especially the Jets defense. Uh, the Patriots are okay. They're just a lot worse than what we're used to. So they seem like garbage. Yeah. Um, so here's my concern. The best plays, I think, are the run run game. My concern is whether or not Sony Michelle is going to be active. It's going to be too late. By the time we figure out if he's going to be activated from IR formally, it's going to be too late. All of your other starting options will have played by this point. I think that that has to be a real concern. If we knew right now that Damian Harris was the guy, if we just knew that Sony Michelle they didn't plan to activate him, Damian Harris is a fantastic play. Yeah, I love Damian Harris as long as Sony Michelle's out. James White has stopped being used in this offense, and it could be a James White week at any given time. So if we tell you to sit him and he has a good game, I'm sorry, but you can't just keep playing him when he's not being used at all. But it's Bill Belichick, so any Bill. given game could be start being his. I'm not playing James White. I do think you can play Cam Newton in this game. I will say my shock uh, with James White is the fact that they're just decimated. They have no pass catchers. Why aren't you getting James White more involved? And why didn't you just trade him? Like I don't know. They should have sent him to Tampa Bay. But <laughs> Cam Newton, what do, what do you think about him? Because I actually think he's a solid start this week. I worry about Cam Newton. I worry about his passing, but don't you think he's going to run so much? They're not going to need to pass a lot to beat the Jets. Like, you just don't have to score a lot. I think Cam Newton can get it done with his legs. He'll get it in the end zone with his legs. I, I've i been burned by Cam Newton a lot. I understand. So can you give me enough reason to to allow him back into my life? Because I, I don't know. I... I I want to believe in the upside. I love the rushing ability. I love the rushing tendencies. The passing isn't there, which which definitely caps his upside, I think. I know we want to say we've been so hurt by Cam Newton. And maybe we were in week seven against the 49ers. Yeah, he had negative points, so very hurt. But the week before that against Denver, 17 and a half points. That's last, not great. Last week against Buffalo, 18 and a half points. No that's one, not great either. No one's saying that's great, but that's not hurting you. That's a very, I mean, Deshaun Watson has had a ton of those weeks. Not lately, but he has had a ton of those weeks to start the season. Yeah, and we were wondering if we should play him anymore. 
Lamar Jackson has had a ton of those weeks. Yeah, and I'm wondering if I should play him anymore. <laughs> I'm just saying, so if we're saying he's going to do better in this game, and he scored 17.5 and, and 18.5 and in two games that we're upset by, wouldn't that basically be what his floor is besides when he completely vomits and gets zero point floor. (laughs) I don't know. I'm, I would play Cam Newton. Of course it comes down to your options. Hopefully you don't have to play him, but I would rather play him than, uh, Drew Locke or Phillip Rivers or definitely Sam Darnold on the opposite side, but nobody's playing him. I think that is a fair threshold because his upside is obviously higher than all of those guys. His floor's higher also. I, I think Drew Locke seems to be a good cutoff there. I think there's more than that, but whatever. Let's go to some of our stinkers of the Our week. favorite stinkers. Our We're favorite so stinkers. Uh, I think one that's just low-hanging fruit that we need to just quickly say. The Brush Cowboys, out of the way. <laughs> the Cowboys offense. I mean, <laughs> they're choosing between uh, Cooper Rush and what, Garrett Gilbert. Garrett Gilbert. Neither of them have started an NFL game. They've both been in the NFL for a few seasons now, at least. They're trying to decide which one has more experience. I know. That's it's so silly. They're they're sitting Ben DiNucci for a reason. I mean, we saw him play. That sidearm was hilarious. What are you doing? It was every pass he tried to do. We saw arm. them. We saw Ben DiNucci, quote, unquote, play. Yeah, that was rough. I was excited for the Steelers defense to get to play him. Now we have to play against Cooper Rush or Garrett Gilbert, whatever. Which we can't really prepare for because we have no tape. Yeah, maybe they'll come out surprising because there is no tape on them. I don't want to play anybody in this offense, including Zeke. He's dealing with a little bit of an injury right now. He should be fine. The issue is he hasn't hit 10 fantasy points in the last three weeks. Do you think he's got a little bit of an injury the same way that Jonathan Taylor has a little (laughs) bit of an injury? Because... You just paid this guy millions and millions and millions of dollars, and he doesn't look like the same running back. I mean, to be fair, they paid him last season, and he didn't really look like the same running back. He's still great, but I think Zeke is still a good player, and he's still a good running back. I think he's in a terrible situation. Uh, Dak Prescott went down. Yeah, Zeke is... He didn't look good before Dak went down. Zeke's Zeke's not performing to what we'd want right now, but I'm sending Ezekiel Elliott if I can. Like, okay. I would much rather play uh, James Robinson, James Conner, pretty much... Anybody? Anybody. I mean, let's pull up our rankings because I do kind of want to see how far... I put Zeke down to, like, my uh, running back 20. Wow. Yeah. That is... That's low. Yeah. That's, that's lower than I have him, but it's so deserved. Yikes. I mean, he hasn't hit 10 points, like I already said. He's going to have no space to run. We know the Steelers' defense is good against the run. And I just I have him as my running back 20 this week. Cool. Running back 19, to be clear, actually. To be clear, uh, Zach Moss is your running back 16. He so is, so he's ahead of Zeke. I don't know if I would be brave enough to actually make that switch. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I can put my rankings any way I want. Actually, putting it into my lineup is the scary part. I don't know if I could do all of that. I did have Jarek McKinnon ranked above Zeke. We saw him have about 65 yards and a touchdown last night. Nothing great, but still better than what I think Zeke will score. So I'm happy with having McKinnon ranked ahead of him. Yeah. All right. And then are you playing Amari Cooper? I think from a volume standpoint, yes. The Steelers haven't been lockdown pieces by any means. If you're in a PPR format, yes. What about Lamb and Gallup? No. Nope, yeah. Nope, nope. It doesn't mean they can't have a good game. I just think it's too risky. So if you're going to go with one of the Cowboys wide receivers, I'm going with the wide receiver one and targets. I don't want to take the risk on Gallup or Lamb. Nope. They could have one big play. Who knows? Mark Andrews. He has, has been um, so bad or so good. So bad or so good. But he is. But the been, bad games have been a lot recently. They've been a lot recently. I mean, it. It sort of mirrors just what's going on with the Ravens' offense in general. They're not, they're not performing well. Um, well, their run very, game is. Their run game the, is great. Uh, but Mark Andrews isn't a running back. Yeah. Um, he is reliant on Lamar Jackson to be a competent quarterback. And right now, he's not, he's not passing particularly well. The passing game looks really out of sync. 
Mark Andrews, he's been either a touchdown or bust. And but the difference is so like interestingly enough, like at this point in the season, would you rather have Mark Andrews, who has a really high ceiling, or Rob Gronkowski, who's at a really safe floor? I would much rather have Gronkowski. And I mean, we saw Mark Andrews score more than 15 points three times this year. Scoring more than 15 points as a tight end in half PPR, that's fantastic. The issue is the games in between, 3.4 points, 3.7 points, 3.1 points, 4.7 points. Those are all under five points. That's really bad. And we're expect- we expected Mark Andrews to be one of the next George Kittles, Travis Kelseys, and we're just not seeing it. No. Um, and it's He's not used in the same way. He's not being used in the same way. He needs to be the focal point of the offense again, and he's not. I don't think they have a clear focal point at this point. Uh, he he's not a must play anymore. He's not, but but the, the options is, are so bad yeah. that like he he I don't know who you're gonna play over Mark Andrews. So, but his ceiling's not there. Um, the floor is very low. So, if you are facing a you know just a, a delicious matchup for one of your streamers, or like if you do have Rob Gronkowski, I'd pivot. Wow, you're obsessed with Rob Gronkowski. I am. Was that segment about him or was it about Mark Andrews? I tried to bring it back to Gronk. Yeah, always. All all roads lead to Gronk. All right, Titans passing game. They have to face the Chicago Bears this week. Don't love that. I love Derrick Henry in this game because you can run on the Bears defense. Passing on the Bears defense is a whole different story. You have to sit Ryan Tannehill this week. You're, you have to sit him? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. I mean, I definitely don't want to play him, but I don't know if you have to sit him. You have to sit him. (laughs) I'm not sure. What is the upside for Ryan Tannehill? He has had a a few down games consecutively. Yeah. What do you expect from him against the Chicago Bears, who have been They haven't allowed a 20-point quarterback yet this year. Yeah, so why why are you saying we— it's so hard because Ryan Tannehill is one of those quarterbacks that just defy the odds, right? He always looks so – he's just so efficient. Yeah. So that's what I'm worried about is that he ends up coming uh, against the Bears and all of a sudden he's the only quarterback that could just like, create large chunk plays against them. I mean, like, if I were going to bank on one – like, it's not like they have faced a uh, a myriad of top-tier fantasy quarterbacks this season – but Matt Ryan, the passing volume has been there. Uh, only had 238 passing yards, a touchdown, a pick. Don't love that. Tom, Tom Brady, 253, one touchdown. Jared Goff, 220, two touchdowns. Yeah, it hasn't been very pretty. Uh, they have not allowed a three-touchdown game to any quarterback, and they haven't allowed a 300-yard game to any quarterback. It's not It's not pretty, um, but... Again, the competition, not fantastic, but like Matt Ryan would be a guy, Tom Brady would be a guy that I would expect to at least break those. I don't know why you keep saying that. They played Stafford, Brady, Bridgewater, Goff, Breeze. Like, what quarterbacks do you want them to play? (laughs) Just Patrick Mahomes every week? Over and over again. Yeah, they've played good quarterbacks and they've stopped them. I I agree. I want to sit Ryan Tannehill. But then that questions A.J. Brown, and I don't think you can ever sit A.J. Brown because of his boom potential, but Chicago is uh, allowing the third fewest fantasy points to the wide receiver position. It makes sense because they're not allowing points to the quarterback position. Like, are you pivoting from A.J. Brown, or are you okay with still plugging him in? I think the issue is, like, what are you, what are you pivoting to, really? Uh, I don't think there are many pivots right now that you can find that have that same similar ceiling. He should still see targets. Yeah, like DJ Moore had 93 yards. Robbie Anderson had 77 yards in that same game. So Just one 100 receiving yard game on the season, though, to Calvin Ridley, no touchdowns. Yeah, they've only allowed two touchdowns to the wide receiver position this year. Not good. Not great, but I do think A.J. Brown can overcome that. I'm still plugging him in. Maybe just temper your expectations, but that's I'm still it, plugging him in. It, that's what I was going to say. You can't pivot because there aren't, there isn't like an option to pivot away from a player like A.J. Brown. But 
What you can do is ensure that you have a really high upside flex option that can win you a week. And that's my that's how I'm dealing with things. I agree. Now let's talk about one more offense before we have to log off here. The Miami Dolphins offense. Don't do it, guys. Yeah, I mean, it, it was not the prettiest things. They didn't have to do much. So I want to take it slow here because they didn't have to make Tua do too much. They're already up by so much. Why why would you like push it? Now we have Miles Gaskin gone. That's hard to say. Miles Gaskin, Gaskin gone. gone. Miles uh, Gaskin gone. Matt Bereda. Uh Probably gone. Gone, yeah. So we have Jordan Howard. Okay. Okay. Okay, okay. I'm not playing Devontae Parker unless I absolutely need a body and a wide receiver position. He had three yards last week. One, One catch, catch for a touchdown. Yes. I don't love the matchup. I don't love the matchup, but, like, there's nobody left on the field. I... I don't want to trust any assets that are reliant on Tua right now just because he doesn't – I don't think he's necessarily acclimated to the game yet, and that's okay. Like, that is going to be expected. The issue is they don't have a run game right now to help support that. They're going to be facing the Cardinals this week. It's going to be a, a tough outing for the defense. I think they can still – Still bolster their – they forced Jared Goff in a Sean McVay offense to four turnovers. I think they can they can make Kyler Murray screw up a little bit. Maybe. I think Kyler Murray will have a great game. I think the Cardinals offense will have a good game. I'm not starting anyone on the Dolphins is just what it comes down to. No. All right. Yeah, that's, that's it, guys. Uh, those are our favorite stinkers. Everybody be sure to check out ballblastfootball.com for all of your – uh, week nine content. Oh my lord, time flies, guys. Please enjoy the rest of your fantasy season. Uh, these are critical times. These are the times you must win. Go ahead, add us on Twitter. I'm Kate at FF Ball Blast, and I'm Michelle at Ball Blastem, Ball Blast E-M. And you can find our all of our work at Ball Blast Football. So go check it out. Uh, consider supporting our awesome team on Patreon, and we'll see you next week. Bye, y'all. Good luck. Bye.